Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials and Gen Z. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a fabulous day. We are, because we are both sitting in our iconic, our historic, our legendary TMT sorority sweatshirts that have been restocked on our website for the first time in a millennia. ShopMorningToast.com. They just launched. Hey, Jax, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. I love to see this energy that you're bringing considering that... It's been a morning. It's been a morning. We've had a very full morning. Morning. Merch drop, mom tings, etc. Mom tings. And I'm so glad to be back with you, back with the Strice Brothers. We didn't know if they were going to cooperate for this episode, but it seems as though they're laying down their weapons and they're going to get their fucking asses up and work. So we've got the Strice Bros. We've got the toast. It's Thursday. Again, we just launched, for the first time in a long time, we haven't restocked these sweatshirts in a while, um, our classic sorority crewnecks are now available on shopmorningtoast.com. In addition to a new item that we teased yesterday on the toast that we officially dropped this morning, you can check out pictures of it on our Instagram. They're onesies. They are, you know, products for the mamas out there because the mamas deserve nice things. They do. And so the onesies, we have blue and pink and they say, thank you, mama. And they're for the little bebes who can't thank their mothers, but the mothers are doing everything for them. And it's just meant to be like a little reminder throughout what might be, you know, a hard day that you are thanked and you are loved and you are appreciated so shopmorningtoast.com merch check thursday we got a great show last night was the season finale part three of the real housewives of beverly hills reunion which we both watched and we'll be recapping of course of course also i'm wearing my new shoes which i'm so excited about because they're so cute and i paired them with my merch and um we're both just looking sickening like are mm -hmm. looking sickening let's just put it simply you know simply put simply put we're gorgeous girls but that's also what happens when you wear this particular sweatshirt because it can be styled so many ways i wore it on monday with leggings obviously casual maybe a little ankle like calf sock and a and a sneaker so cute or you can be gorgeous elegant queen in your trousers that's the thing when you shop at shopchanel.com the possibilities are truly endless yes or you could be like me just a gen z icon in your wide leg pants that um let's talk about a little tight let's talk about um, me and gen z let's talk about you and gen z and also kind of like us in gen z because i didn't even realize we had people who listen to the show who are a part of gen z i feel like we're so millennial did that make you so happy to learn it honestly it made sense you know since i'm so big on tiktok of right. course they did probably you? came here because of you being a thought leader and in then the they space. stumbled upon you you and we're like wow our gen z leader our big sister that's what they're calling me they're calling me gen z's strict older sister 
the comments yesterday poured in. I, again, was shocked by how many Gen Z listeners we have and that they really love your girl and they... They like me. They like They me. really like me. They really like me. And the reasons that they were citing, like I really felt seen. They were like, we love how much you're passionate about things, how much thought you put into your thoughts and that you're like our strict older sister. And Gen Z, colon, there's hope yet. I told you, Gen Z might save us all. They might save us all. So that was really hopeful to see yesterday it was an eye-opening day and i feel like we need to add them to our opening intro good morning millennials and gen z no there's so many of them Claude. all right there's not that and they're many. overlooked there's thousands no we can't change our intro because like i think enough has changed here at the toast we need to stay the same for a while oh you wow. know me i'm like a change of verse girly yeah. okay too many changes like we're gonna be we're gonna stay in this position for a while Okay, that's fine because you came on this change-filled journey, so I won't push you too far. You know, and it's like outside my comfort zone, like rebrand, new name, like I hate change. But it's going well so far, yeah? I would say so. Mm-hmm. I would say so. We've got a great show. We do. We have some interesting stories today. Beverly Hills recap, you're still watching Love is Blind. Oh my God. I, did you see my Instagram stories? Yeah, something crazy happened. Did you watch him on with volume? I did, but then I started to be worried about a spoiler. No, it's not a spoiler. There's this girl, Nancy. I won't say who she's engaged to, but like we, I just got to the part where like they're out of the pods and they're on like the honeymoon phase, which is like where it gets really awkward. Like people like spending the night together for the Living first time. Living together. So Nancy and the man that she ends up with um, are in the bathtub, like in bathing suits, like being cute. And he's like trying to be sexy. And I think at one point she farted because like a bubble popped up and she was like, oh, hee <laughs> But it could have been just like the drain or whatever. Like she was talking about the drain before. Then like they're being sexy. He's like leaning in and she's like, have you ever like clogged a toilet like with your poop? And he was like, she said, yeah, he was like, yeah. She's like, and like, what did you do about it? Like, have you ever clogged a toilet where there's no plunger? And he's like, I don't know. She's like, oh, because I did one time and like there was a really big poo. And like, I think she called it a dookie with like a wad of toilet paper. So like I took the toilet brush and like I broke up the poop until it went in the hole. And it was just like so funny. And he left, yeah. <laughs> and then they like had sex. And I'm not one of these girls who's like, girls don't poop. But like, you know, when you're courting someone, you know, you're engaged, you're like having sex for the first time. Like, I do feel like it's, you know, becoming of you, man or woman, to just act right. And she was acting wrong. She was acting wrong. It was really, it was jarring. Me and Ben, like, were physically, like, not okay. We were, like, cringing. That's horrendous. They will not last. Of course he not. is going to leave her. But also, like, some spoilers I read was that, like, he's problematic, too. Okay, well, until you tell me something equally jarring, he will be leaving her. It it was really, like, it takes a lot to shock me, like, when it comes to reality TV, because I feel like so many things are so contrived and, like, Things that are like shocking aren't actually shocking. And it's just like clickbaity. This was a moment that really stopped me in my tracks. Like I- Is it a cultural shift? It was a cultural shift. It, you know what it was? A cultural shit. I think it's a cultural shift to say that like we've gone too far. Things are too we far We know gone. too much. Yeah, it was such a weird sequence of events. Like I can't even like put to words how confused I was feeling. I feel sick. It was a sickening moment, like a, a moment that would make one sick. So I'm actually really enjoying Love is Blind, and I do think I might end up finishing it just because, like, whenever I get into You're bed. Invested. Yeah, no, I'm not invested, but whenever I get into bed, it's like I'm not watching anything else. I'm all caught up on everything. And there are some couples that I love, like the Israeli girl I love, and then there's another couple. I, don't, I won't spoil anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, the girl who dances and the guy who works in, okay, no, you, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, like, I really like them. 
Okay, great. I think they might have it built to last because they kind of look like siblings. And I feel like couples who look alike, couples who who are right for each other start to look alike. Yes, that's true. But I don't know if necessarily they start out looking alike. That's a little different. No, but I didn't see it at first. But like now I oh, do. Yeah, but then once they're together, they start to look alike. And that's it's nice. Cute. Yeah, it's cute. That's it's the like thing. People dogs. start to look like their dogs, like me and Bryson. Bruna looks like you and Thea definitely looks like me. I think Thea looks like Ben. Me too. I also think Magnolia also really looks like her mother. Bachelor. And snitches started dressing like Magnolia and only Magnolia hues. In like creams and browns and nudes. Yeah. They are become to become one. To become one. Two is better than one. Do you remember that Boys Like Girls album? I used to be love drunk, but now I'm hungover. I remember the hits. Um, I like that was like my first album that I listened to like ever in full over like one summer at summer camp. And I swear I could still like retain all the words. That was such a good album. I was such like an emo kid. Like I was misunderstood. You were I, not like other kids. No. And like, I just used to like put my iPod nano headphones in and like rock out to boys like girls. And just disassociate. Yeah. Another place, another time. And like look out the car window pretending I was in a music video. That was so me. Yeah. I was like, so that girl. You should film a music video for one of your songs and it's just you looking out the car window the whole time. I love. And it would just be like a dream fulfilled. I love. I love. Love that idea. Um, Theo has to be in it too, obviously. He'll be looking out the other window. Of course. Tongue hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we can dive in. We have some some good stories and I really want to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it was like so twisted. Agreed. So without further ado, do, 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 though, where are you? Bruno is right there. Do, 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 do. Where are you? Theo is a sweetheart. Do, 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 do. Where is Thu? Crunchy Angel Dora. Hi, Muffin Dora. We've got the boys. It's going to be a good day, you guys. It's Thursday. We're almost through the week. Congratulations. Even though it's this is the least amount of a do in a while, I feel. Yeah. Even though whenever we were talking about the segments this week that people loved, a lot of people do love the pre-Fast Five banter. Who doesn't? But the thing about it is when it's done, it's done. It's beautifully said. Like, really, it's stunning. So now without further ado, it is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is very appropriately brought to you and sponsored by Caraway Home Cooking Products. So if you watched our vlog, Making Taylor Swift's favorite cookies you know we were were we using caraway yeah yeah the the baking the set. baking pan so we have tons of caraway home baking products i think their cookware set and their baking set are two of the most fabulous products on the market right now obsessed beyond if you are ready to ditch the chemicals then do so with caraway homes non-toxic cookware and bakeware collections so you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home. They feature a chemical-free ceramic coating, so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compound is going to be leaching into your food ingredients. All of their sets come equipped with easy-access storage solutions, so there is no stacking required. Everyone has that cabinet where it's just like pandemonium, not mm -hmm. with caraway. Especially because you don't need as many pots and pans because right. they do it all. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids. So the two sets, the cookware set and the bakeware set. The cookware set is a modern and chemical-free iteration of the traditional 16-piece set, but it's boiled down to the four essentials, which is a fry pan, saute pan, saucepan, and a Dutch oven. Like, I just appreciate, like, really them only giving you the crap you need. Like, yeah. the way we've been, like, kind of 
bulldozed by consumption, corporate mm-hmm. consumption. Like nobody needs 16 pots and pans. And they all stink and they all stick. And they also stink. what I learned recently is that most non-stick cookware is extremely toxic. Yeah. It has chemicals and metals and caraway is nothing like that. It's nothing of the sort. It's toxin free. So their bakeware set is the assortment of non-toxic baking essentials that every modern kitchen needs so you can get to baking your goods without any of the bads. Um, so again, they're non-toxic. It's easy cooking. The ceramics natural slick surface means minimal oil or butter for slide off the pan eggs and easy cleaning. They are super well loved. Over 25,000 people have raved about the Caraway Kitchen products. It is time to try for it. Try it for yourself. We've both used it and neither of us are like cooking wizards. It's not a prerequisite to be a good chef. Just your house will thank you. It'll be clean, obviously non-toxic, but also just easier. Even if you aren't a good chef, I do feel like the Caraway products do make it a little easier. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have a code for you. So they cover up mistakes. You know, you burn the bottom. Right. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Visit carawayhome.com slash TMT to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TMT or just use code TMT at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Made modern. We're going to be using caraway this weekend when we make our special cookies. Oh yeah, we were going through. I was feeling like a real like... Suburban mom. No, it's not suburban. Homemaker. Homemaker. Jackie had these gorgeous uh, cookbooks. It was Ina. It was Harvest, girly. Half-baked Harvest. There were two half-baked Harvest, one Magnolia table. And an Ina. An Ina, but I don't, I, we didn't look at her desserts. I do her for the main dish. So I looked through the dessert sections of all the books and picked out the ones that looked best in the photos. And I think we ended up with Half-Baked Harvest signature chocolate chip cookies. They looked so good. We're going to make it this weekend. Um... And I'm just excited because I love cookies. Like, I really do. And I'm just, like, loving baking and cooking with you, for you, for the family. You've been doing an excellent job, Especially really. Especially when everyone likes what you've made. There's really no better feeling. There's no greater compliment and, and fulfillment from nourishing the people you love with, like, good shit. It's giving lessons in chemistry. Also, my idea for doing a Patreon ASMR video is still out there. I got a lot of people saying no, but I got a lot of people saying yes. I haven't yes. seen the discourse. Yeah, no. People are like, please, um, I'd rather die. And other people were like, yes, queen. And I think that's ASMR, a very divisive category of content. You know what would be a funny Patreon episode? It would be two episodes. It's a choose your own adventure. Would you rather you can listen to Claudia's ASMR episode or me talk about books? I think I'll win. You think? Yeah. That would be really funny. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to my podcast. I could never listen to Can that. Can anyone even hear me? I couldn't listen to no, it. No, you listening to it in real life is not fun. But oh. when it picks up on the mic, it like it has ear triggers. So like this sounds like nothing to you. But on the mic? I think. It's, it's a crispy. I think. These mics not might might not be right for ASMR. Sure. I think sure is surely wrong for ASMR. I'm sure they make ASMR specific microphones. Are you sure that they do? I'm not sure. I am not sure. <laughs> I'm simply not sure. What kind of business is that? AM, ASMR specific microphones. It's not ASMR specific microphones. It's like a different type of audio microphone. Like if you were, if we wanted to record every sound in this room, mm-hmm. not just our, why these are such great podcast microphones that sure makes is because they isolate our voice. Like yes. if there's a phone buzzing in the other corner, you won't hear it. Yes. So it's just like a little lesson in audio. This is your tech segment from your local AV girl. Yeah. So we'll make those cookies. We'll let you know how it goes. And we'll be using Caraway Bakeware. Amen. Which I fucking love. Caraway Bakeware. I fucking love it. 
I got it. <laughs> Caraway Bakeware. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. I'll do it. <laughs> Caraway Bakeware. You'll eat it. And you'll, you'll like, like it. it. <laughs> totally. Guaranteed. Okay, let's get no, into sorry. You'll eat it and you'll like it. Guaranteed. <laughs> it's like a delirious kind of day, you know? Yeah, I think those are peeps faves. We do. Our first story, Prince Harry's memoir mm. cover, title, and release date have been revealed. I honestly did not think- Reveal yourself. Did not think this was going to happen until now we have a cover, title, and release date. Penguin Random House has revealed the title and cover of Prince Harry's long-awaited memoir. So we'll start with the title. It's called Spare. As in the air and, and, and the, the spare. spare. And he is the spare because he's not the heir. Because he's second to the heir, thus he is the spare. One thing about me is I actually really like when people take the thing that that kind of plagues them and they've been mocked about and like owns it, like reputation and the snakes. Like I actually really like that. That's not why people mock him for being a spare. No, but it's like the thing that people think about you. Do you know what I mean? It was once the thing that people thought about him. Yes. Right. And, like and I'm sure way, it shaped his upbringing. Your way of taking your power back is like owning that thing. Yes. However, and so I love when people do that. It's like one of my favorite like ways to like f- turn the tables. I just don't think this is particularly well done. Maybe if it was called The Spare, but the word spare doesn't feel like a complete book title to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a word. Also, he was the spare five years ago. Now he's not the spare. Right. Uh, like Louis is. He's George. not in line. No, but even before the kids were born, like he's no longer in line to the throne because he has stepped away. Oh, I guess. Yeah. He hasn't been the spare technically, but it's still like a stigma, you know? Yeah. And it's still like how he was referenced growing up. Right. And I'm sure this book will be mostly about his childhood. I imagine, honestly, it's going to be a little disappointing because people are looking for, you know, the exit tea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that will be the last chapter. And it's really going to be like, Growing up in the palace, the passing of his mother, yeah, and all of the responsibilities and pressures that he faced. So we also have a release date, which is January 10th, 2023. Oh, my half birthday that I'm thinking about turning into my full birthday. You said that last year that you were going to, but, but then I don't we really celebrated like, your full birthday. So like But I no, that's but January's next year. Oh, so you would start it next year. Yeah, but then like I don't want to turn Sooner than you Sooner. need to. Yeah. Oh, so that no. just throw a wrench that. in my plan. I just hate having a summer birthday. Scratch that. Scratch it. And then the cover was revealed and it's a close-up photo of his fotch. He looks very handsome. Yeah. I'll show you guys as best I can, but also Google it. Um, and the, it just says Prince Harry on top and then spare at the bottom. So oh, his, wait, that's weird. His that name like, is Prince Harry. It wouldn't be like Harry Windsor. Right. Harry Mountbatten Windsor. I guess like... Royals really haven't written books. That's like the whole point. So there's not like a precedent that you can follow. Like, oh, well, Camilla's book was Camilla Parker Bowles. So I'll be Harry Windsor. Yeah. Um, I just think even though colloquially, yes, you're Prince Harry, you'll always be Prince Harry to us. Like when you're putting pen to paper. You should do your name. You're not a prince if you abdicated your duties. Well, I think he still is a prince, like in title only. He's not a working prince, but he's still a prince. I Wait, no, I thought he was the duke. He's Aren't they duke and duchess? To, yes, but he was a prince because he was a grandchild no, of, of, of the, the monarch. Mm-hmm. But I'll he always abdicated. be confused. It's like, right. was, I just always compare them to Edward. But the thing King is, Edward. King Edward like had something to abdicate. Like Harry didn't, I, I do think he's still even like 
in a technical sense, Prince Harry. Like if, in name only. If King Edward, his real name was David. If he wrote a book after he abdicated. And, and called was, himself King David. And the author was King, da- King Edward. Yeah. No, that would be incorrect. That would be factually incorrect. But factually, I think he's still a prince. I'm just thinking like, you know, your byline is your true God-given Give it, name. Right. Um, but again, like, I don't think anyone would know that Harry Windsor is his name. I barely know that. Right, no, I think he's also making a statement. Like, no matter what I do, where I go, like, I'm Prince Harry. Everywhere I go, every smile yeah. I see. I'm more fixated on the name. I really don't think it's that good. I'm also just like a hater to my core. I um, actually think it's pretty strong. I think it should have been Spare, the crazy beautiful life of a royal thirst monster. 1,000%. <laughs> But I think it's a strong name and a strong. I think it could have t- been cover. Strong. It should have been like the Spare Diaries, like like the Spare, or even the Har- Prince Harry, the Spare. Spare is just like it's not punchy enough. I disagree. I think if it's Prince Harry, the Spare, it's just about him being the Spare. But the it just being Spare is like it could apply to other facets. You know, like what? I don't know. Like maybe. He was like sparing other people all the time, you know? I just think I like the idea. I don't love the execution. I think it could have been punchier. I actually think I was pleasantly surprised by the impact. No, I didn't think, expect to care about we, the spare. What do we think Harry's writing process was like? I mean, he's, as a royal, you're extremely well educated. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you write your own book? You work with a writer, a ghost writer? Definitely like, still worked with a writer. Yeah. Just because you have an education doesn't mean that you are a compelling writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And you can be a compelling writer without having much of an education. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Facts. Spin facts. Left, right, and center. So he definitely worked with someone, like shared his experiences and feelings and they put it into prose right um like I want to say I am gonna read this but like I'm probably not uh, up next on my list of memoirs is Matthew Perry's I've been hearing like crazy Every stories day there's a headline with a crazy interesting factoid about what he experienced so I totally want to read it I'm you not should. in like a memoir a memoir headspace but the next memoir I pick up I will be reading it especially because I just like love friends mm-hmm. um I've heard and it's so crazy because I wasn't really like I was alive, but I wasn't like a socially conscious person to like understand the magnitude of their fame at that time. Right. Because now I consider Matthew Perry like kind of like a has-been. But at the time, there was no one more famous. And so I think it'll be really interesting to hear the stories of like the parties. Like he was that guy. Yeah. He was Brad Pitt of the moment. Yeah. So I really, that's what I actually want to read. I will read Harry's memoir based on the reviews of other people, not like the critics reviews, but like what the toasters say about it. If people say there's a lot of tea, what he, what he focuses on, what like, you know, the revelations are, but also there's been a lot of books written by people who have left the palace mm-hmm. the people who have worked for Harry and Meghan during their time there. Finding freedom. And I've, no, but that was written by like Harry and Meghan's besties. Right, right, right. And I've been meaning to read some of those books. So I would want to, if I read his book, I would want to read also like a counterpart. You know, like just to get more of a full picture. Yeah. So it would be more of a project than just reading It would be book. a large undertaking. It, yeah. So, but if you guys tell me that it's worth it and there's so much in here um, and we'll see Harry like we never saw him before, then... Sure, I'd pick it up. Yeah, I mean, this book is going to be like an instant bestseller, all that. There's going to be so much tea around the time of its release, kind of like how Matthew Perry's is now. It's going to be like 10 times worse than that. Yeah. Um, With like tidbits coming out to tease the book. So I feel like we'll find out like what the major takeaways are 
in the, the during the week of its release because they release like the big juicy tidbits. Right. And so if the tidbits are actually juicy, I will pick it up. If the tidbits are like behind the scenes to what Harry was feeling after he wore the Nazi costume. Actually, oh, I wonder sounds, if we'll talk about the Nazi that costume. That sounds pretty titillating actually. No, I mean... I feel like a lot of people glaze over that. But for me, that's like ever present in my mind because I'm a girl who doesn't forget um, Harry Hamlin. So I wonder if he will talk about the Nazi costume. Like what is one's thought process into thinking that that's an idea you should move forward with? I'm curious about that. Yeah. That sounds good. We shall see. Let yeah. us know. Let us know if he talks if about he it. He mentions it all. Mention it all. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Taylor Swift has cut the controversial fat scene from her music video of after backlash. Taylor Swift removed a scene for him, her anti-hero music video after several health professionals and activists dubbed it fat phobic. We discussed it yesterday. She steps on a scale that called her fat instead of displaying a numerical weight. Now, when you view the music video on Apple Music, the, that scene is scrubbed from the video. So I don't really agree with that. And my thoughts on it are on yesterday's episode. And I do want to thank everyone for like the feedback, whether you agreed with me or not. It was all very respectful. And I so appreciate that. Um, however, if you're going to take it out, but not address it, like it's kind of weird to me. Like, and I know she's not like a queen who addresses things. She's like, is very, you know, private and she doesn't make lots of statements, but to, to edit it and not make a statement about like her thought process on why she did it. I do feel like that's kind of weird, but I also kind of feel bad. Like in a way, like we silenced her. Like this was her journey, her experience, a music video about her life and her thoughts. And we totally invalidated it being like, you are upsetting me. I'm triggered. And so someone who uses art to like express their thoughts and feelings, we said, your thoughts and feelings aren't valid. Take it out. Like that's like really fucked up to me. So I, I don't agree with taking it out, but I also don't agree with like taking it out and then like not explaining right, anything. And if it was so bad that you actually had to edit your music video, take it down and re-upload it, like that's how, you know, big of a mistake you made, then you should address it. Like not just do it and not say anything. It's confusing. It's confusing. I think it's a little crazy that she had to take it out. Like Same. I saw that, a tweet. I saw that I, there are a few comments in this article that I wanted to share. Um someone who was this person she is I found it. a social worker specializing in eating disorder she said having an eating disorder doesn't excuse fat phobia it's not hard to say i'm struggling with my body image today instead of i'm a fat disgusting pig um and someone else said i saw someone say that she could have put not thin enough and i think that would have been more in line with what she was trying to get across anyways on top of not being offensive well, i just feel like to be honest i don't really give a shred of a shit what you think about someone else's no, but experience like, now we're just like getting so into the weeds it's like you can't say fat but you could say not thin enough and you can't say this but if you had said that it would have been better it's like it's all saying the same thing and like people just like to like love, yeah, they get obsessed the, with semantics and, and they just like abuse language and yeah. it's like it's it's you're saying the same thing, but you can't say that word. Right, but it's like phrasing it this way is more easy for you to digest. So everyone in the world should tiptoe around you. Even though we're saying the same thing. But right. also I saw someone say, I feel like there are a lot of people who maybe have struggled with an eating disorder and they're saying like this triggered them. I've also seen people say I've struggled with an eating disorder and it's so refreshing to of see course. someone like Taylor, who I think is so gorgeous and slim and perfect that she goes through these same things just like me and it makes me feel less alone yep. and, you know, quote unquote normal. The tweet that I saw that resonated with me was, it's be from Stephen Osola. 
It's beyond fucked up that we've reached a point where an artist can be guilt-ridden over the portrayal of their own trauma that they sanitized down their art to make everyone feel comfortable. Yes, but that when I read that, like then a part of me becomes disappointed in Taylor. It's like, no, stand yeah. up for how you feel. Your experience. Like, and instead of just acquiescing because everyone like made you feel some type of way when really you didn't do anything wrong, but it's your experience. No, and also like, I think as a society, we really need to start getting comfortable being triggered. Mm. Like the expectation that every piece of media you digest, every art, ev- everything, that you're going to leave your house and see all these things and everything should be designed to make you feel comfortable. I think that's unreasonable. It's my favorite quote, friendly, but it's like being triggered and being offended is a consequence of leaving your house. Like the world is not designed to make you feel comfortable. Everyone has things that, that trigger them, whether it's this eating disorder, whether it's grief, whether it's anything like we all have different life experiences and a part of being human is having trauma. And I just think like the, the way we're expecting everyone to accommodate us is unreasonable. I think we're making ourselves actually weaker in doing that of because course. a huge part, I think, of healing is being able to be triggered. And and confront it and right. then work through it and move past it instead of tiptoeing around it, constantly like, you know, side swiping it. And then- And anything that just immediately like makes us uncomfortable, like we demand it be erased and changed. And we're, there are so many people, we've all been through so much. Everyone has different triggers. If right. we really took away every single trigger- People could not speak. People could not act. Right. So while I think at its core, like the idea of like trigger warnings, like I I do think that's like a nice idea. I agree. I do struggle with also like thinking about how we're really actually setting ourselves up for failure. Yes. Because we're just going to become weak and comfortable and nothing is really, and I don't know how you heal in that. Like, so I, I really do struggle because I think at its core, like the whole concept of trigger warnings is actually really nice. Yeah. Because you don't want anyone to open up their phone. And have and some, a bad day. Because of you. Right. So I get that. But also I'm like, but wait, like I actually think a part of growing and healing like is being able to be confronted by something that makes you uncomfortable and being okay with it. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is, but I'm leaning towards not trigger warnings, honestly. Like the more I think about it. Yeah. I, I think like a lot of things starts off in earnest, even like we were talking about my truth the other day. Yeah. It's like, okay, yes, that, that is your truth. But then- it goes too far and you're like, well, does this make any sense? And then also like just the concept of someone being offended, therefore gives them in, like an entitlement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I no, don't it's know. My it's feelings like, are more important than yours. Right, right. Because I'm the offended party. I was offended and my offense is more important than your experience, experience trauma, yeah. expression, et cetera. Totally, totally. Still working through these thoughts, but- that's where my brain was at when I saw this. Agreed. My brain was at, I was actually disappointed in her because I think people need to start putting their foot down. I know. It's like, we're all just like, oh, I'm setting you. Sorry. Like it's, we and need it's like, central. I'll concede this one thing because it's easier than to take a stand for something I don't really care about. Right. Whether it says fat or not, I don't, it doesn't matter. But it's the principle of the thing and it's the scruples. 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 Totally. I agree. Like I, I do wish she had, but one thing about Taylor is like, she's not a controversial queen. Like she doesn't make statements like that. Like she just wants to like do her art and live a private life. And like, I can also respect that. Like her, you know, protecting her inner peace by just acquiescing. Like I can understand that. Sure. Cause the world is like such a harsh place. The internet is such a harsh, a harsh place that if you don't address something like you're labeled fat phobic forever. Yeah. Forever. Like those labels are so toxic because people they're they're more often than not a major stretch 
And they st- people will, will label you that and keep it attached to your name forever. Right. And I think a lot, some people like really can't survive that. Yeah. Like not being able to come back from this or that. But I, I think Taylor, this yes. is a drop in the bucket for her. So this would have been a nice time to take a stand and be like, you guys. Y- it's it's my life. It's my art. It's my video. I stand by what I said. Right. And if you don't like it, then simply don't watch it. Yeah. Because it's so important to always remember, like if you're so triggered, like you can turn off your computer. You can put your phone down and you can go be not triggered in your backyard. Like the personal accountability. I think they'll be triggered in the backyard. Like what yeah. if one of the birds says something? Right. No, it's so the true. The birds and the bees. So true. So true. So that's my take on that. Agreed. Our next story, a little more controversy for the mm. Great British Bake Off. What? Never would have thought. But that- it's such like a peaceful show. I know. And I, and. I think for so many people, like that's the point of the show. But so the Great British Baking Show, Judge Prue Leith, you know Prue, Queen. Never saw her in my life. She's addressing the backlash the show received after Mexican Week. So they had an episode. Each week is themed. I've seen so many episodes. It's hard for me to recall all of the themes that they've done or even some of them. Backtrack. What is the concept of the British Bake Off? Okay. So there starts with 12 cooks. Every week someone's eliminated. Bakers. Sorry. And they're like the best. They try to get the best one. Yes. And each week they have to make three different things. Things. The first challenge is, okay, so say it was like, here's an example. The first challenge would be like chocolate chip cookies. Everyone makes their best chocolate chip cookies, whatever recipe you want to follow. Sure, the judges come around and taste them. Some people put a flare in them. Some people fuck up, whatever. Then the second challenge is a technical challenge. The judges will say- Follow this recipe. Yeah, here's a good example of one technical challenge. They once had them make a babka. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't know what a babka mm. was. They give them a, a one paper that's kind of like very bare bones recipe mm-hmm. and the ingredients, and you have to figure out what it is and how to make it. Mm. So that's the technical. And then the third is like big gangbusters, right. you know, hydraulics, cake, right, right, et cetera. Right. And the week is usually themed of some sort. So I think there's been like 80s themes. There's always- Oh, a random theme and there are two hosts who are like really make the corniest jokes at the start of every episode. Cute. I'm so, more of a nailed it girly than a Great British Bake Off girly. I love the Great British Bake Off. I do find it extremely calming and serene. So controversy has penetrated the Great British Bake Off after Mexico week. Okay. So first the episode starts with the two hosts who are always making corny jokes. One says, I don't feel like we should make Mexican jokes because people will get upset. And the other one says, what? Not even Juan? And the other guy says, not even Juan. Okay. Then the the competition had them making, um, let me just get it in order of what they made. They made a, hold on, pan dolce, steak tacos, and a tres leche cake. Mm, Tres leches. Right. So there was a lot of controversy surrounding it. Uh, an author, t- Julie Powell, tweeted, just watched the Mexican Week episode of Great British Baking Show and God, it was unbearable. Offensive, offensive on a lot of levels. Um, but then Anna Navarro from The View said, I love the British Bake Off. Paul Hollywood is my celebrity crush. Frankly, I was not offended by the way they depicted Mexicans. Thought it was corny, but I was offended by the crimes they committed against tacos and tres le- leches. K horror. You know, the hosts were wearing sombreros and uh, okay. traditional... So... This is a thing. Um, it's it's cultural appropriation, but I, I noticed it on TikTok. It's a, a lot um, of these conversations are being had around food and recipes mm-hmm. because it all started. This girl was like, I'm going to make this like fruity drink. And she gave it like a name. And apparently the drink that she made that like had went viral is called agua fresca. It's like a traditional Mexican drink and it's like fresh water. I don't know. Um And so she got like, you know, her like annihilated because she found this like fruit drink recipe and 
didn't attribute it to its Mexican roots. This girl, uh, people descended upon her. So in food culture, there's a lot of like stickiness because food cuisines come from different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a differing opinion on this in general because for me, if my culture got a television episode or, you know, a viral trend, like I would be so overjoyed. I'm like, oh my God, people are sharing. Like there's so many great Jewish foods and Jewish culture is so funny. Like I would love a spotlight yeah. on my culture. Okay, and what if the two hosts were wearing like payas? Oh, that's a good question. No, I don't think I would like that. But 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 that's because payas is a religious so it's like disrespectful to wear it if you're not because of religion. Maybe, I don't know if I'm seeing this incorrectly. What could be a- A, a cultural Jewish thing that's not a religious thing. Right, like a cultural Jewish thing. Like if I wore, I don't know, like, like what is a the, the Jewish equivalent of a sombrero? A yarmulke? But that's it's religious. A, yes, yes. Hmm, wait, this is an interesting conversation. Let me think for one second. It's, I don't know if there is an equivalent because yeah. it is a religion versus a- nationality no i i do know that in recent years sombreros have become like a big no-no like i i did know that um but it, like see it's tough for me to to criticize because it's like not my culture and like if it was like i would be fucking annoyed like i would but i, I also want to believe like this is all in good fun and celebrating mexican cuisine you know right. i mean i didn't see this episode but given all the other episodes like i think it really isn't all in good fun is uh, or isn't is all in good fun. Like, you know, not meant to be offensive whatsoever. The uh, Prue said, she addressed it. She said there would have absolutely been no intention to offend. That's not the spirit of the show. Right, that's the whole concept of intent versus impact. Like, right. you can digest something and find it offensive, but the person who perpetuated it is coming from a good place. And like, that counts for something. It does. Yeah. But I can understand, like, I guess if the pay is, which I think is a more extreme comparison, like, I would be furious. Really? But if the whole episode was just a celebration of like Jewish culture and Jewish food. See, we never get that. It, so would, like, it would depend what entailed in the episode. But if it was, you know, a typical episode that I've seen where it's like, they're learning about, Bobka's a great example. Say the first thing was like Ruggalach and the last thing was- uh, Right, and like learning about how they made Ruggalach in old shtetls. Like, yeah, I like, think I would like that. I would like it. But that's because we come from a culture that doesn't get highlighted. Right. Like it might be annoying to be like, you know, Mexican where it's like everyone is always like talking like and using our- recipes and then like not even attributing it to our culture well, they did attribute it yeah it's mexican week yeah 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 no i don't really feel like i can fairly compare because i don't i've never seen an episode of tv that separates like you know let's do jewish week or you know yeah so i don't know i don't think it's fair i guess people are entitled if something rubs you the wrong way like it rubs you the wrong way i think but like most things there are people who are offended by it and then there are people who are like like anna navarro is like just the food looks bad like right but, i mean that's right it's like how deep are you gonna look into this right but I do think the conversation about food and culture is interesting yeah. because it's like if you did whittle it down all the way, like let's go all the way down this road, um, can anyone make food from anyone else's culture? Right, no, so that's a conversation that's constantly being had on TikTok. And I don't cook, so like I don't really like pay attention to the conversation that much. But it's like where you draw the line between like wanting to respect like the the culture in which this dish came from, but also then like, so what, you're just not supposed to cook anything other than American food? Right. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. And One that I, I really don't feel strongly enough. I don't know enough about, I don't know. And um, ultimately that harms other cultures and because right, you like, want to celebrate that and, and 
And highlight that. Right. Yeah. So it's an interesting conversation. I was actually just looking for it because in the book I read Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow, there was a really interesting thing about cultural appropriation because they made a video game about like a centering around like a Japanese character and there were a lot of Japanese influences and but it was early 2000s so then like later in the book there's an interview and they're like it was that cultural appropriation and I wish I had the quote but the person who made the game actually gave a really interesting response about how like if you do go all the way down that road it's just you know white people making things about white people Mm -hmm. and et cetera et cetera right no and then you get to a point where like it's like segregated. Right, right, right. No, so I think there's a respectful way to do it. Um, and I think some people take, on both sides, like take it too far. Like right, right. demanding that only, you know, Asian people can cook Asian food. And it's like, well, don't you want to share your culture with the world? Right. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, my opinion on this is definitely biased because I wish more people would take interest in and highlight my culture. You know? Got it. So that's my POV is skewed from that perspective. Like, oh, you guys are complaining? Like, what about us? Whatever happens to us, you know? That's just my thoughts. Yeah, it's hard to put yourself in the the situation. Right, of someone who's from a culture that's constantly getting appropriated. Like, maybe it's fucking annoying. Like, maybe it is, you yeah. know? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. know, but maybe it is. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Ariana Grande's titillating fans with her new blonde hair she's, as she transforms into Glinda from she, Wicked. Because she's a Wicked. Goodly talented. That's, by the way, someone called it yesterday when Claudia was at the end of the episode talking like that. Podcast. Five stars review. Listen to podcast. Find the morning toast. Leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. It was giving John Travolta introducing Adele Dazim. The wickedly talented Adele Dazim. <laughs> <laughs> that was the craziest thing. One of the best nights of my life. Yeah, like that was like when internet meme culture was like on fire and like people were just making such funny content. That was such a great night. Yes, so Ari is getting into character for the forthcoming Wicked movie with a dramatic blonde hair transformation worthy of Glinda the Good Witch. It's a little early. Like the movie's coming out, what, in six years? In six years, but they're starting tings now. So she captioned it, new earrings, but obviously everyone was quaking about a blonde Ari. No, the way like I have so much hope and faith in this wig. Like, I will be so disappointed if this movie sucks. Like, between Arya's I don't Glinda, think it could suck because the story is written and it's a good story. That's true, but, like, Cats. Was it a story worth telling? I mean, it's the longest-running Broadway show. Like, there has to be something there. Is there? It reminds me of uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Me too. It's like a... An open audition. Yeah, you right. just come in dressed like a cat and you take the stage. <laughs> um... But like between Ari being Glinda and Cynthia Arrivo being Alphaba, like I don't know how it could be poorly done. Like I'm so excited. And with all the time that they're taking. Right. Take your time. Like really. Only if it's A plus plus. And it's two parts, which is like Yikes. kind of psychotic. That's the wizard. And I. So excited, you guys. Like. You can't think about it too hard. Or no. Right? You can't get excited right now. It's, so, it's You'll lose steam. What is it? it comes out. Christmas 2024? Yeah, not even next Christmas. That's insane. Insane. And Love Island puts out episodes the next day. That's such a, that's so important to always remember. If they can do that, anyone can get us a movie by next Christmas. No, the fact that it doesn't take more than, doesn't take less than two weeks to make a movie, like, is psychotic to me. Yeah, no, like, two weeks to film. I'll give you guys, I'm going to be generous, two months to edit. Oh, I was going to say a week. No, like sometimes there's CGI, you know, and 
whatnot, things come up, mm. um, maybe a reshoot. Mm. Let me give you two months and then I want to see it. Yeah, no, it's like, get it, like speed it along. Like the movie industry is like, like Ooh. becoming more stretched out and like longer to make films when like, isn't the technology getting better? And like, isn't Elon Musk putting people on Mars? Like, right. make a movie. Make it make sense. Make your movie. Make your movie. It's not that hard. I mean, we put together an hour of the toast every single day and it's like premium. Literally. So like, get it together. Are we movie stars? Yes. Did you not know that? No, I thought we were just like small screen. No, we're big screen girlies. How scary. An ass so big needed the big screen. We're too big for the small screen. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? And the final story. It's a final story. Adele Dazim. She's wickedly talented. It's Adele Dazim. Our fifth and final story, uh, we have a new music star on our hands. Charlie D'Amelio oh, yes. has dropped her debut song, If You Ask Me To. So in tandem with the finale of the D'Amelio show season two on Hulu airing, Charlie has released her first song called If You Ask Me To. In a press statement, Charlie detailed the inspiration behind her foray into music and why I now felt like the right time to release a single. Quote, I've always loved music and performing. Once my online following started growing, I was able to showcase my passion for dance, but I felt that with so many other people entering the music space, there wasn't room for me. However, with my dad's encouragement, I got into the studio at the beginning of this year just to pursue singing as a hobby. With each writing and recording session, my love for the process grew and I became incredibly proud of the music we're making. So okay, wait, before we I listen to the song, this is reminding me of another story from like months ago where someone was putting out a new song and I read like their press statement. I'm having I've deja vu. No I've literally no idea. Oh my God. It was like someone's new song and like just their statement about like, you know, the process, whatever. And like, I have quite literally no idea. I'm so sorry. Well, do you feel like, um, like this might be like a little weird with Dixie? Well, yeah, because, because I, that was Dixie's thing. No, it was like Dixie's thing. And like, but at the same time, like social media was like Charlie's thing. And then she involved Dixie and her whole family. And then they all got different platforms. And like Charlie was doing dance and like, I don't different- think you can claim social media. No, you know what I mean? Like, like Dixie has a platform because Charlie did. Right. And Dixie would admit that. I'm not being like shady or anything. Right, right, right. But like singing was Dixie's trade. No, then so like Dixie carved out like a space for herself because everyone was like, you're just Charlie's sister. And then she started releasing music and like the shit was popping off. Like it was hitting billboard charts. Like it was actually good shit. Um, she did a song with Wiz Khalifa. So it was very much like her thing. And now it's like Charlie coming in and eclipsing that. Yeah. I'm sure Dixie is okay with it if Charlie's doing it. Yeah. But... It's a little surprising, you know, like to really do everything. I know. I feel like this is kind of superfluous. Like, I agree. It's, it's though, so late. By the way, it's a nice song. You know, it's pretty. And I'm not saying it's bad. And I'm sure her voice is beautiful. But like, I just feel like from a branding perspective, it's like a doing little late much. after like Addison did it and Dixie did it. Yeah. It's like you're doing too much. Like you're on Dancing with the Stars right now. The D'Amelio show, like the social tourists, like they do a lot. And like, I just think like it. You could hold off. But like maybe someone who's managing her is thinking big picture. Like she didn't have the singing part yet, but if she added singing, like she could be a superstar. She Triple dances, threat. she sings, she has a huge audience. Like they have a TV show. Now she's she, like, she could go on tour. Mm-hmm. Like if she has some hits behind her and like maybe she's the next Britney Spears and we just needed some songs from her. Maybe. Like maybe we're thinking small potatoes. Now, now it begs the question like why they wouldn't be a singing duo. 
the D'Amelio sisters. Right. The sisters D'Amelio. DC, CD. The D'Amelio sisterhood. Sisterhood of the traveling D'Amelios. <laughs> That's it. That's the title. I just thought this was interessant. Me too. That's why I chose it. Yeah. I mean, for me, like Addison is the Britney, like of our generation. Like all She's these. one hit wonder. No, I know. But what's so crazy is she has like five more released, five more unreleased songs that keep getting leaked on TikTok. And they're so good. I know. Why doesn't she put out more My music? to die for. This boom, boom, ah, to die for. It's like iconic pop music. Why won't you release it? I have literally no idea. And she's been using the sounds like the, like she knows everyone like has heard them and that they're leaked. She'll make TikToks to it. I don't know. Like that one to die for is like, if it ever comes out, like I'm going to be pussy popping on the beach. Like it's so good. To die for my neck. To die for this boom, boom. Ah, to die for. It's really like classic pop. It's really good. Even Obsessed was so good. You say you're obsessed with me. So I took a second and I said me too. You're obsessed with me as much as you. You said you'd die for me, I'd die for me too. We were driving down sunset. You know I love fast cars. It's really like, it's good shit. I know. Where's Addison's music? What do we want? New music from Addison. When do we want it? Now. We'll clip this for TikTok and it'll go viral and she'll see it and then she'll... She'll release the music. She will do her thing. But I'm I do think do my thing. someone over at Team Charlie is thinking big picture. Because if this goes well, like, she could be the Gen Z superstar the one, selling out stadiums. The one thing about Charlie that I think she needs to, like, ameliorate if she's going to be this, like... She needs to ameliorate. <sighs> she's very shy. Like, even on the show, like, she was working with a vocal coach and she was so nervous to sing in front of the vocal coach. So was Dixie last season and then Dixie got better and Dixie did, like, the jingle ball circuit. She's very shy. She's so young. Um, the thing about Addison was, like, she didn't give a fuck. Like, she was being, like, sexy she's dancer. older. She's built it for it. Confidence comes with age. Yeah, that's true. Also, I feel like, strangely, a lot of the people who have a lot of success in the public space are, are, are shy. shy people. That's true. You know, I don't yeah. know what that is. Like, you would think the ham. Like, let's get the ham out there. But, right. like, people don't want the ham. Like they, the bouvon. Yeah, they want that, like, shy. Maybe because they can relate to that person more. Perhaps. That's a good, that's a really good thing. Call. It reminds me of um, Queen Elizabeth and her sister. Because remember when they were little kids? Like, her sister Margaret was the big personality. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth was very shy. And they were like, well, let's just let Margaret be queen. Like, because she wants to and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. But it's like, Margaret would have been a terrible queen. Right. Whereas Elizabeth was a wonderful queen because of that. That shyness and reserved yeah totally um speaking of queens let's dive into the real housewives of beverly hills part three reunion recap um it was a great episode i do feel like overall the aspen incident the reunion and just the season in general were like slightly overhyped on social media because so many things had been leaking and i was like we got to see it we got to see it and then we got to the part and they didn't even have any footage so right. just overall i did feel like this general sense of like Eh, like kind of a letdown last night I thought Kathy came in guns blazing she was really acting like a politician like she was really very well spoken her words were cutting she had a couple really good reads like yeah to Erica like oh, who do you think people are going to trust me or who you has more, not even that who has more, more credibility. credibility it was kind of like a fire flames um insult the big bombshell was that Erica claimed which I had read on on Reddit or somewhere like a In forum Instagrams prior to the season airing was that why it was such a big deal in Aspen was that Kathy had this altercation and she ended up calling the DJ the F slur. Um, Erica said that she heard it. None of the other women heard it. And I really, I just honestly like, I don't know if I believe it, but 
like as much as Kathy was like coming out guns blazing, she did have like a few like not so great moments. Um, like when she said, you know, that text that you claim I sent you, it's not in my phone. Like Kathy, we discovered like, oh, you can delete text messages. And Lisa Renna was like, what? She totally sent that text. That text yeah. wasn't even that incriminating. I have no issue with that text. Yeah, it wasn't that crazy. So I do feel like she's definitely like lying about a couple things. But overall, like I do think Lisa Renna is untrustworthy. I think she's coming from a bad, bad place. I think she wants the heat off of her. I think she wants the heat off of Erica. And so she's dumping Kathy down the river. And like for me, like I just like don't care. Like any mistakes Kathy made, like they're not a mistake to me. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like Lisa Ren is fighting to prove that what Kathy ha- like did happened. And I think she thinks that if she can prove that Kathy said these terrible things, like that everyone will turn on Kathy. But um, I'm sure it's Kyle like nobody cares. believes, I'm sure Kyle thinks that Kathy said yes. those things. Um, she doesn't care. I think if the fans even somehow could get proof that Kathy said those things, they wouldn't care. Um, people just are, are gravitating towards Kathy over Rinna. It's not even about whether she said it or not, at least not for me, like about if she said Dorit is stupid or this or that. Like she was on a tirade. She probably said some mean shit. Right. Um, I also believe that you can be angry and say yep. stuff that you don't mean. I don't think those are her true thoughts about her sister and the group of girls. Um, but we are just riding for Kathy. Yeah, like at the end of the day, it's like she's fighting a losing battle right now because like she could be 100% right. And like the thing is, we, we don't, don't care because we don't like you and we like her. Like that's it. <laughs> um, I do wish Andy had like, he was like not doing an amazing job. I do wish he had pressed a little bit more like Lisa Rinna being so fucking dramatic, like about everything. It's like, you've been on the show for 10 years. Like you've acted like an animal. Everyone here has acted like an animal. And you think you're saying you're going to get cancer. Like you're being crazy. You're right. crazy. I actually think that given the fact that Rinna is, a big personality on the show and not someone he could just like cast aside. I, I do think he, he did ask that question. Like you've seen so much and he followed up. He's like, of everything you've seen, this was so crazy. I was bothered that no one called Rena out for abusing the word abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Crystal and violated. Yeah. No, like, no, she was using big words that are like actually like hold a lot of meaning and you are not a victim of abuse. Right. You're not even really being bullied. You're literally like using these grandiose words, cancer. Right. For a a nothing burger. A nothing burger. And as Kathy and Lisa both said, when Kathy was going off, she wasn't mad at Lisa. Like Mm -hmm. Lisa was her sounding board. So she was mad at Kyle. Yeah. She wasn't even saying anything mean to Lisa about Lisa. Like Lisa was just there. Kathy was abusing her glasses and the wall. Right. That's so true. no, Lisa's so fucking dramatic. Like, for what? Yeah. Just to make Kathy a villain. I think, like, Kathy coming in last season and just, like, doing the least and getting the most really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. And, like, it made her a target. And I think this has a lot to do with that. And it's just so funny how so many times we've seen her on the show, Kathy, and she's just, like, so go with the flow. Like, silly and the slippers and that. But she came out last night like a fucking sniper. Pointed. Like she had her, her points made. She came out with her purse. She looked like a gorgeous, no, you know. There were no slippers in sight. No, no. She was really on one. Like she was like, oh, everyone's going to be like spend the whole year dragging my name. Like I'll show you. And again, like did she do that shit? Like maybe. Do we care? No. No. We don't. We really don't. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. It's like people just like Kathy. Yeah. And I don't know what she could do to make us not like her, but this ain't it. Right. And so the biggest thing now is the relationship between Kathy Kathy and Kyle. And And it was crazy to me how Kathy likely said these really nasty things about Kyle, yet Kathy is mad at Kyle and Kyle's the one apologizing. And I'm like, 
how did this happen? Well, that's what Kyle's so upset about. It's like our relationship is so dysfunctional. Like we finally get to a good place. I don't want to start a fight because I'm, it's kind of like a little, a little bit like Melissa and Teresa. Like I don't want to start a fight because like, even if I'm right, which in this situation, like Kathy's wrong for blaming everything on Kyle. Even if I'm right, like I have to acquiesce and like, I'm the one who's going to be in the wrong. So like, if we could just not talk about it, we could continue on our peaceful sister journey. That would be right, great. Right. But I feel like Kathy like said that shit about Kyle probably, but why did she say it? And it was because of a season of Kyle like not having her back. And they said- And putting her down. Putting her down. They had a conversation where it's like, you never pick up my calls. Mm -hmm. I feel like Kyle maybe in their personal life kind of just like writes her off. Like in the show, she doesn't support her. The the tequila and Kathy hit her breaking point. And now she's upset about all of those things. And so, yes, it's being overshadowed by the The tantrum that she threw. But Kathy's still upset that like you choose these girls over me all the time and I'm your sister. No, it's fair. Like Kathy's just not great at making her point when it comes to Kyle. Yeah, and but I also think she doesn't want to like go down that on road. television and have this like intimate no, it's so conversation tacky. about our relationship, and it's and so, that's what she kept saying. She's like, "You wanted to do it on camera, so I did it on camera to make it up to you." But right. like, I wanted to do it on the phone, and like in the reunion, you can tell that like Kathy does not want to have this family conversation on television, and I think that's so normal. I think it's fair, but they hadn't seen each other since the reunion until BravoCon, which is sad. But it was probably six weeks, which. No. Think about when the reunion films. It's not that many weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's true. But it's still a long time to not see your sister who lives in the same city as you. Right, but people get busy with lives. It's not that, it's not like a year, which is what it felt like at first. But I'm like, wait, maybe two months. I am curious though, like where we go from here. Cause Kathy's been very clear that in under no circumstances would she return to the show if Rinna and Erica are both there. She said Erica. I saw it now TMZ, she told Erica. Am I the only one who's had an about face about Erica? Um, no, you're not. Because honestly, like some of the shit she was saying last night, like I kind of agreed with. A lot of the stuff she was saying throughout the reunion about other people's issues, not even her own stuff. Like, yeah, no, I think she was giving like early Erica shrewd rational. Erica. Yeah, no, I didn't think what she was saying was that crazy. And I do think like a lot of the women like are kind of performative when it comes to like the victims. It's like, well, oh, you're, you care so much. Like do what Diana did, raise some money. Like I do feel like they're only pretending to care so that the audience doesn't give them more shit since they already stand with Erica. And I do feel like that's really phony of them. I, her, her Achilles heel is her friendship with Rena. Like she is making, she, like I, I actually have started to like respect what she says and like turn on her a little bit, but her friendship with Rena is just diabolical. Like it's not, ever gonna make me really warm towards her yeah Uh, it doesn't bother me so much as as long as she like kind of stays out of yeah and they did stay out of each other's big business last night like she was not getting into the victim stuff and erica was not getting into the kathy stuff right other than to say she heard kathy say that slur oh right but when it came to the victim stuff i don't know I, i just feel like she's starting to make more sense to me in terms of where she's coming from and yes it looks terrible and unsympathetic but these People are like, it's so bound up in legal issues that she has like really no wiggle room, not even to give sympathy. Yeah, because then that's acknowledging. And those are people who are suing her. So she's, it's- It's a very tough spot. It's a really tight line to walk. And I actually think she's walked it really well. I think it's become clear that she did not know. No, yeah. And that she like wasn't nefarious in her doings yeah I'll always still question why she happened to divorce Tom like the same yes. month after like a 15 year marriage why she divorced him like the same month this all came out yeah that's my biggest question that's a good question um 
But, and at the time I thought it was like they were faking divorce so that they could hide assets, the assets whatever. Yeah. But they're not getting back together no. And there's this. no assets. Right. To hide. Um, even though she wasn't like a overwhelming presence, Garcelle was the queen of the reunion. Of course. Um, her facial expressions, the times that she butted in, were just so premium, you know, when Lisa Rinna was like, well, that's between you, Kathy and Kyle, Kathy and Kyle, that's between you. And so Garcelle's like, well, why the fuck won't you get out of it? Like, why right. won't you stop bringing it up? Garcelle is just, I feel like Garcelle has had a horrible season, like, like from like, she had not have a good time. Um, and I really feel like she would leave the show because now it's like her kids and like, she's, she doesn't fuck around with that. I really hope she doesn't. I hope she gets a raise. I, I could see a world in which she doesn't return, even though she's a fan favorite because like shit went too far this year. And I really hope that's not the case. I think if I have to predict, I think she'll come back, but we won't see her kids on the show anymore. Yeah, like I think they'll never film again. Yeah. Which I think is what a lot of the women should do because the Bravo fan base, like after years and years, has like reached a boiling point where they're not okay. I feel like every reunion, there's a whole segment about the hate, the death threats. It's like, and they're pointing fingers at each other for like who's responsible, but it's like maybe the psychopaths sending the death threats are responsible. Yeah, I don't think, it, and I don't think any of the women really are behind sending each other no, thoughts and this and that. Me neither. It's so, di it's so evil. Yeah. The, some of the, uh, the corners of the Bravo fandom are really, really dark. Yeah. So if I was coming on the show now, I would n not put my kids on it. Yeah. So I think that's where Garcelle will go. Cause also the reel is over. Mm -hmm. So she has like more time yeah. than she's had. And I think aside from, what went down this season. Like she's enjoyed her time. The fans love her. That I think must she feel, enjoys being well-received. That must feel really good. Yeah. She's had, she has good friendships on this show now. Yeah. I think that's the change that she'll make. And, and I think that would be appropriate, but I would also completely understand if she does, doesn't right. want to do it anymore. Right. I'm just curious where, what the, with the Rinna stuff, with the Garcelle stuff, like what that means for casting for next season, but we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. So that was TV recap. That is our show. Head over to shopmorningtoast.com if you want to grab a TMT sorority sweatshirt. This is probably going to be maybe our final restock because we are now like the toast, even though like this is always and forever. And I'll be wearing the sweatshirt until, until the day, day I die. I'll be wearing it on my deathbed in the nursing home. Mm -hmm. um, and we also launched onesies for your little baby girls and boys, shopmorningtoast.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up, that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up saying the, we're wickedly talented. The podcast is hosted by the wickedly talented... Ecaj and Audia. We are also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Digital Public Radio, I Radio, Castbox, all the places. So if you listen to podcasts, find us the Toast Leave a Five Star Review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an incredible Thursday. And we'll see you tomorrow for the final show of the week because it's Friday, Friday. Gonna get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Stratty. Is we'll that Charlie D'Amelio? No, it's Dixie. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.